Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the On the Sidelines podcast, the official podcast of MTSU Sidelines, where we bring you all of the latest MTSU sports news. Today, I'm your host, Calvin White. I'm joined by TJ Warner, Christian Skelton, and Jenna Roberts. Guys, how are you doing today? We're doing good, good Calvin. Pretty good, pretty good. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with MTSU women's basketball versus FIU last Saturday. Jenna, me and you were there. We're going to start with you. What did you see out of women's basketball? Well, um, the women won their 16th consecutive game after beating FIU um, 67-41. to um, Their game had a pretty slow start. They were outscored 15-12 to in the first quarter, but they started out 15-6, to and they did six. They went. They ran 6-0 and going and finished, finished it off 15-12. and um, They started really kicking in gear in second quarter. Um, they went 17-6 and by the end of it, and they were leading by the half. Um, Savannah Wheeler had a great game. She had 18 points and went 7-11 for shooting. And Courtney Blakely probably played the best. She uh, was plus or minus of 29 and had 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. The women got outscored 15-12 to in the first quarter, but they outscored FIU 55-26 to over the last three quarters, including 17-6 to in the second quarter. TJ, that's going to win you a lot of basketball games. Of course it is. I mean, I mean, outscoring the opponent at the end of the day, I mean, putting the ball in the bucket, that, that's, that's what's going to win you games. Um, but there's a couple of key pieces in this team that people don't talk about enough. Everyone talks about Savannah Wheeler or Anastasia, like the big scoring options. There's a couple pieces, both the Courtney's, Courtney Whitson and Courtney Blakely. Those are two key glue pieces that people don't talk about near enough for this team. Courtney Blakely gets it, the job done defensively, night in, night out, great backup point guard. Courtney Whitson also, she's the, she's the leader, veteran presence on this team. Uh, those, those two players in particular are a big reason of why this team is ranked. Like Jenna said, Courtney Blakely had plus minus of 29. I, I tweeted it out. I, my favorite kind of basketball players are basketball players that don't have to score to impact the game. Yeah. And that's exactly what Courtney Blakely is. You know, she scores 11 points, six rebounds, three assists, but she comes in. Courtney Blakely is a player you can't measure by looking at the box score. You know, she comes in, you know, if Alexis Whittington wasn't, wasn't on the team, Courtney Blakely would easily be the best defender on the basketball team. She comes in, she'll shut you down. She's got that lateral quickness. She makes all the right plays every single time. When I asked her about her strategy, Courtney Blakely, she said that it was all about watching what Alexis did too. She was really humble about it, saying that like she, that Alexis was really her leader and stuff. And I thought that was really cool. MTSU out rebounded FIU forty eight to twenty three. FIU came into the MTSU game averaging you know sixteen offensive rebounds a game. MTSU held them to only seven and six second chance points. When you hold a t- rebounding team like that and you take away what they do best, you know, that's what this team is built for. You know, the amount of film they study, they know. We've heard it multiple times in a press conference. They they study so much film. They know exactly where you're going to be, what play you're running, where you're, where the ball is going. That's why they turn you over so much, and you know, that's why they're such an elite defensive unit. Yeah, this coaching staff for the women's basketball team for MTSU is elite. And, and elite might even be an understatement. Rick Insel's got his girls doing – where what exactly plays they need to do at the right times? Their their full court press seems to give everyone bothers yeah. and fits for for something that it looks so simple to break. Somehow he puts in little wrinkles here and there that it just it just out he out coaches a lot of teams that he shouldn't out coach like Louisville for instance earlier this year out coached that team by a mile. Mm-hmm. Rick Insell has continued to prove himself night in night out. And the girls are doing well beyond of what people expected this year. Yeah, and I feel like that Louisville game was kind of the the kickstart to this success that they've they've had this year. That kind of jumped them to the success they're having now. So, yeah, it's been really nice to see them playing so well. 
and adding on to the coaching staff thing that you pointed out, TJ, what makes it even better is you have to realize that a different coach has the scout for each individual game. A different coach scouts the opponent every single game, and they're still you know holding teams to 40, 50 points. If you're a Division One basketball team and you're holding teams to 40 points, you're you're doing something right for sure. And even they even though they started out slow, I mean they've played defensively great the entire game. I mean, like, even even since then, like, they were doing an excellent job. Alexis was, Courtney was, co- both Courtney's, honestly. You're, I'm just going to say you're not going to lose many games holding the team to 41 points, like you said. Yeah, and you talked about earlier the rebounding advantage. It, it was a group effort, team rebounding advantage right there. Like, you saw all the guards crashing the boards as well. It's not it's not just the centers or the, the big power forwards in there. Courtney Whitson, she, do, she gets her boards every game, don't, don't get me wrong. But when you have your point guards like Savannah Wheeler or Courtney Blakely down there getting rebounds as well, or Jalen Gregory, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna out rebound a lot of teams. Especially after getting out rebounded by FAU by ten rebounds, they they came into the number one rebounding team in the nation, out rebounding them by fifteen rebounds. That's insane. Nimtis, she was also three for twenty two from three point range. You know, yeah. and that's that's something that you know the Lady Raiders usually do pretty well. But the flip side of that, what makes them as elite as they are is when they're not getting buckets from outside. They've got, you know, players like Cindy Malashka, like, like down low, just pivoting and spinning people to death. <laughs> yeah. And when you have guards like Courtney Blakely and Savannah Wheeler and Jalen Gregory that can get to the rim, they're not just standstill shooters, it adds a different dynamic to your basketball team that is very hard to guard. Yeah, and, and Savannah Wheeler, you pointed that out, she's not – particularly the best three-point shooter as we've seen in past for MTSU. Like, we had Dorsar last year. We thought she was an elite three-point shooter. Savannah Wheel is a different type of point guard. She's a, more of a drive and try to create contact and try to get a finish with an and one. It's a, it's a completely different style of point guard than we had last year, but she leads this team very well, and, and this was the kind of game for her against FIU. Yeah, she drives like a bullet with her layups. I mean, it's insane, like unstoppable. Do we have anything else before we move on to the men's game? It's a great game. Game. I agree. Moving on, MTSU men's basketball versus FIU. MTSU lost 82-74 to and fell to 13-9 and and 6-5 and in Conference USA. Watching the game on TV, you know, every single time that MTSU tried to make a run and get back in the game, it was immediately countered by FIU. You know, MTSU just could never get over the hump. Christian, what did you take away from the FIU game? Yeah, like you said, we just couldn't really ever put together – a run there. I mean, we were only down five at halftime, but still, like like you said, couldn't really ever put together a run there. I mean, uh, didn't get out rebounded by much. Only only eight eight rebounds was the difference there. But um, yeah, it's it was it was it was tough. But uh, eight for twenty four from threes. Uh, Eli Lawrence had sixteen, but um, yeah, it was it was it was like you said, just couldn't really get into a rhythm. Uh, you know, on the road, it happens basketball, but. Especially in basketball. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're an inside-to-out type basketball team for the men. Yes. Like, we have to score inside the paint and then move it to the outside. When we have DeAndre Dishman only scoring six points, that's not a, that's not a winning basketball formula for us. We, ha- we have to get him going early and often, especially if we want to compete in Conference USA games. Like, I know he's a, he's a seventh-year guy now. Everyone Everyone's kind of figured him out by now. Every coach knows him. But it, if he doesn't get going often and early, that's not just a winning basketball formula for this team. When your leading scorer, you know, only scores six points and only takes two shots, it, like you said, it's not a winning formula. But we heard Coach McDevitt talk about it on the coaches' show and in previous press conferences. FIU makes you play a different way that no one else is going to make you play. 
especially coming off of the FAU loss that Thursday before. You know, FAU gets up and down. They will run you to death. And when you only have a day of preparation in between Thursday and Saturday and you have to play or you have to practice the day after you play a team that gets up and down, you don't have any legs. And FIU is a team that they're okay. They play sloppy. They're okay with turning with turning it over because they know they're going to turn you over. And as, as and they're willing to, you know, kind of grind it out with you. As long as they turn you over more than you turn them over, they're they're going to get a lot of breakaway layups and dunks. And, and something that this, this MTSU team, especially last year, I felt like really prided themselves on was on the def- defensive side of the floor. I mean, they're long and that super athletic, freaky athletic and long. Yeah. And this team this year, it's just like some some teams. It just feels like we're we're giving up too much on the defensive side of the ball. Like FIU scoring eighty two points on us, that just should not happen, in my opinion. We we're too long and athletic for that to happen. Like our ro- defensive rotations, we're missing something there. Got gotta be. Yeah, there can be some lapses there, but also a lot of a lot of mishaps on defense can come from mishaps on offense. Yeah, you know, taking shots too early. You know, live ball turnovers. I've said it a lot. This the men's basketball team is one good, consistent three point shooter away from being very good, because the men's basketball team is composed of a bunch of high energy guys, a bunch of slashers, a bunch of guys that are gonna you know go in there fight for loose balls, offensive rebounds. You know, we have we don't have bad shooters. We have streaky shooters. So you never know. You know, Eli Lawrence might. You know, he, he might go five for six from three one day, but he'll go one for seven yeah. the next. And that's every game. You never know who's going to get hot and who's going to be ice cold. Very inconsistent, yeah. sure. And, I mean, you talk about streaky shooters. Elias King's another one up there. He had three the other night in a row, and then the next night he could go 0 for six. It's just yeah. the, the streakiness. It's just if we can find one guy that can consistently give us uh, an outside threat, it'd be a completely different ball game for sure. And Elias King is probably the most consistent three-point shooter on the team. Yeah. You know, he's he's a, he's been a huge spark off the bench this year. He's gotten a lot better than he was last year when he barely got any minutes. Do we have anything else before we move on to football signing day? On Wednesday, Rick Stockstill, head coach Rick Stockstill, offensive coordinator Mitch Stewart, and defensive coordinator Scott Schaefer introduced MTSU football's new 23-man signing class, 13 offensive players, 9 defensive players, you know, MTSU football had to replace a lot of production on offense. A lot of wide receivers hit the portal. A lot of guys graduated. From looking at the tape that Coach Stewart showed us, there's a lot of size and speed on both sides of the ball. You know, they got six FBS transfers, four JUCO transfers, 12 high school recruits. I think that MTSU football fans are going to be really excited about this new signing class. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, there's some beasts on there. And Coach Stewart, you know, the one that sticks out is Romel Webb, running back, coming in. Mitch Stewart said he was built like the mannequin at Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> there was a defensive line transfer. He might have been a high school kid. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he had, you know, something like 48 TFLs in high school. Wow. He said the first thing you say is wow, and then the second thing you say is who's doing the stats. Yeah. <laughs> So I think a lot of MTSU football fans are going to be really excited about this incoming class. I think there's a lot of guys that Chip Walters is going to be saying their name a lot on game day. I think high school recruits are always going to be great, of course, but like having 10 total transfers is a really big deal, I think, because you have people that have been pl- you have kids that have been playing in in this level. You know, it's yeah. college and high the college is really environment. different. Yeah. It, the college environment is just really different and it's really good 
for us to have people that have that kind of experience. And it's always good to have those veteran guys on your team that, that can be leaders for you. Yeah. And coach yeah. and coach Stock still points it out every time he talks about recruiting. You know, recruiting has changed in oh, the yeah. past oh, couple of years, especially the NIL. You know, you've got you can get your high school guys, but high school getting high school guys isn't really how isn't what recruiting is more centered toward now. It's, you know, getting your veteran guys out of the portal, getting guys that have kind of proven themselves or for looking are looking for more playing time. So getting getting guys in the portal, I think having a healthy mix is important for a football team. Yeah, and having sure. that healthy mix, I think we have that this year. I, th- I think there's there's four guys that really stand out to me on the offensive side of the ball, all wide receivers, two of those transfers, Kalani Norris from Georgia Tech and then Justin Olsen from North Carolina. Those two guys could come in and have really good production right away. I think those – because we obviously lost Jalen Lane – and we're gonna we're gonna be losing more probably in the next couple of days, maybe depending on uh, if they enter the portal or not. There's yeah. there's been rumors about them, but we'll we'll see exactly where they go. And, and we got two freshmen coming in too that I, I'm actually really excited about to see. I mean, guys with that they got bigger frames and supposedly have really good speed as well. So we'll see if they have an impact right away. I don't know if the freshmen will, but those transfers especially they you know they have the college ready body style already. So. Seeing if they can have the impact right away would be interesting. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the portal reopens like right after spring, so we'll have to see if we lose any more guys or add any more guys than we already have. So there still are four scholarship spots available, so we'll cool. see. Yeah, Coach Stock still got those four scholarship spots open in case any other portal activity happens. But watching the film that Coach Stewart and Coach Schaefer were showing us, there's it's not often you get multiple guys that jump off the tape in recruiting. And they've got a lot of guys to jump off the tape. Moving on, MTSU women's basketball versus UTEP. MTSU lost 65-62 to in El Paso to fall to 18-3 and 11-1 in Conference USA. It had been 69 days since the Lady Raiders' last loss to Texas Tech in Las Vegas. Jenna, what did you take away from last night's loss? Well, I can think. It, I, I think we, could, we can all say it would be an understatement to say that we're disappointed. I mean, losing a winning streak like 16 is really sad. Um, it's our first conference game loss, which is just devastating, honestly. And um, and it was a buzzer beater too. I mean, it was a three point buzzer beater left with 0.4 seconds left on the clock. I mean, there was nothing we could have done about that. I mean, Alexis Whittington tried. I mean, she really did. Uh, there was some there's some argument saying that they thought that she fouled on her last shot, but it was a really intense ball game the entire time. Both teams pressing basically the entire game. And um, I just, I think that they outplayed us a little bit. I think they wanted it a little bit more than we did. Um, I think our defense didn't really play nearly as well as FIU. Definitely not up to standard for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I completely agree. You know, they outplayed us for four quarters. Well, three, except the fourth quarter. We outscored them by three points in the fourth quarter. But, you know, unless you have, you know, teams are going to have big quarters, you know, like the third quarter. They outscored us 19 to 11 in the third quarter. And when you have, you know, UTEP's a tough place to play. uh, They beat us down there last year. But it's really the last, at least I think, tough road game that they have. So unless, I mean, on this women's basketball team is – you know, elite. It absolutely. I mean, we they lost one game. Let's stop with the exa- over exaggerations. You know, it's it takes the other team has to give it their best shot every night. And Rick Ensel's talked about it. You know, now that you're a ranked team, you, every everybody yeah. you play is going to play 15 points better than what they are. Once you survive that 15 point swing, now you can play ball. And 
I just don't think they survived the 15-point swing. You know, they got down early. They were they were fighting back. All game came from behind and ultimately just came up short. Couldn't get enough stops, couldn't get enough buckets at times, and they just came up short. Yeah, and like you said, I think UTEP, at UTEP especially, was the hardest game left on our schedule this year. I, I think there's no question about that. And like you said, when you're when you're a ranked team, everyone's going to have a target on your back. Everyone wants to beat you because you're 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 the top dog now, especially in conference. You went on the 16 game winning streak, 11 and 0 in conference. Someone wants to take you down, but they're going to play UTEP again. Uh, they play them later in the season at home. I think it's going to be completely different. I, I give MTSU 10 points when they play at home rather than on the road. Yeah, they're just a completely different home team. It's even better. They shoot way better at home. Um, but. At this game at UTEP, Courtney Whitson didn't, didn't shoot bad. I mean, she oh made she made six, six threes. Three pointers in the like, f- only in the first half. Yeah, I mean, like she she wasn't shooting bad. I mean, she she was she kept us in the game for sure, no doubt about 18 it. Eighteen points off of only three points. She definitely was not the reason we lost. Yeah. yeah, and she needed those. She had been really cold recently. She hadn't made a three pointer in, in I think it was three games. Yeah. But what makes you feel a little bit better about this women's basketball team is that they have to play really bad for, for yeah. 99% of teams to even have a shot at I have a chance to even come back, yeah. So, you know, teams like, you know, you play bad, teams like UTEP are going to get you, you know, teams yeah. that are good, teams that are tough. Unfortunately, we just dropped this one. But I don't, you know, in my opinion, I don't think they lose another game in the rest of the regular yeah. season. Yeah, like, like you were saying, I don't think there's any reason to panic. I mean, like y'all were saying, the, the schedule moving forward, that was probably our toughest road game left. Um, you're still two games up in the conference behind, uh, ahead of Western Kentucky. And like you said, if you're going to lose a game like that, UTEP's third in the conference, not not a bad team at all. So, and Let's not forget Jalen Gregory. I mean, she had a great game, scoring the most points out of all of her teammates, 20 points, 6 for 12 shooting. She was on the tightest up at the in, – in the fourth quarter, yeah. or in Alexis Winnington, Winnington yeah, shots. they nine and two in the in the last four minutes and twenty seven seconds in the game. I mean, if it weren't for them, they they both played really well. Yeah, and if you look at some of the stats and the you know some of the specialty stats, you know MTSU had twenty eight points off of turnovers. Usually, if the Lady Raiders turn you over that much and they score that many points off your mistakes, you know they're going to run you out of the gym. But you know, I just don't think they got enough timely stops. It was all about defense. I think. I think that was our issue. But also something that I didn't even realize until after looking back at the stats was um, Savannah Wheeler only scored one point the entire game. I, I guess I just didn't realize it at yeah, first. And I didn't either. We rely so heavily on her. I don't think I realized that as much until this game, you know. And that is something that was a big thing in this game. I mean, she's so good defensively, offensively, scores so many points every game. It's insane. Yeah, and she was the leading Conference USA scorer last year at Marshall. I mean, you got to think about that. She's used to scoring the basketball. Yeah. Only scoring one point last night, I mean, that, that, that hurts for sure. That hurts for sure. Yeah. It's just like the men's team against FIU. You know, when your leading scorer is scoring, you know, one point, it's going to be extremely hard for you to yeah. win games, especially when she can't get downhill and get two feet in the paint when she's not shooting it well. Yeah. Looking at bracketology, I mean, we're still a nine seed even after last night, so – I, th- I think they'll run the table. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they'll get the automatic bid, in my opinion, after winning conferences. I think, no doubt about it, they're the team to beat. Yeah, I, th- I think mm-hmm. even if you don't win the tournament, you still probably have a pretty good shot to be an at-large. So, but It would take a lot. Yeah. Do you I, guys I, think I, they'll still be ranked in the AP rankings, though? I don't think so. I doubt it. Just because probably it not. took so much for them to get there in the first place. Yeah. You know, it took us – we beat a ranked Louisville team who's – one of the best coach teams in the country, and they've got a top-five player in women's basketball and Haley Van Lith. You know, and even after Louisville, we were, 
you know, all these people want to talk about, you know, who have they beat. Who you play matters, in my opinion, but at some point you have to also reward winning. You know, we were running teams out of the gym by 30, 40 points. Yeah, every, if, every night consistently, not in, not out. If there's anything Rick Ensel does, it he lets you know that they are there. They are a presence. They are a force. But if it's if there's also anything else Rick Ensel does, it's he bounces back. You know, like you said, this coaching staff is too good and the players are too good to let a loss like this, you know, carry over. They're not going to let it beat them twice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. And it'll leave definitely a bad taste in their mouths until um, they play Western Kentucky. Honestly, this might just be some fuel to beat, beat them even more. We saw it in the press conference after they beat FAU. They gave up a big third quarter. You know, they were up something like 30 points, and FAU cut it to under 10. And, you know, they still only gave up, you know, they gave up. They were in the 40s. FAU only scored 40-something points, and they were mad. Oh, so mad. You know, when you've got teams that hold themselves at that high of standards, they're so level-headed. This is, this is not going to carry over. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I'm not either. No, there's no reason to be worried. Men's basketball versus UTEP. I was there. Me too. Same here. Word. I think TJ, all four of us were, were there. At? TJ wanted a TV at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's looking for a TV, you can contact TJ Warner. <laughs> little free throw competition at halftime. <laughs> MTSU won 84-72 to and improves to 14-9 and overall and 7-5 and in Conference USA. TJ, we'll start with you. What did you take away from the men's basketball win over UTEP? I think they started out very strong. I think the crowd, crowd really got them into it. Um, there was there were spurts in the second half where UTEP cut it close when you just really didn't kind of expect it at times. You, you know, MTSU would be up by ten or so, and then you then you blink your eye and they're only up by two. Yeah, that's but and, and and it's just like when that happened, they just hit another gear. It just seems like every time UTEP cut it close, MTSU just hit another gear and just just yeah. went running with it. And there there's some big guys that stepped up last night. I think Cam Weston was a big reason for that. I think he yep. played exceptional. Hit but, sixteen. You know, some of the defensive lapses earlier from the FIU game. You know, we MTSU shot 17 for 24 in the second half. That's 70%. And it, they ended 59.6% for the game. You know, when you look at numbers like that, you would think that that would be, you know, a blowout. But, you know, enough UTEP got enough timely baskets. It was just an offensive game, which is what we – we hardly see from MTSU. Usually we're seeing, you know, defensive grinders, slow games. We're seeing, you know, just dunks and layups everywhere. But it was, it was a high-powered offensive game that we don't usually see from them. Yeah, and Coach McDevitt switched it up. We talked about this earlier with the starting lineup. Cam Wesson is uh, not on the starting lineup. They put in Justin Porter and Tyler Millen last night to start and really really lit a fire under some of those guys. And you could definitely see it on the court. Like, th- they had a different gear last yeah. night. Than, than they usually do. It they they weren't playing relaxed or calm at all. They they were they were firing on all cylinders all sure. night long. If that's, if that's what it takes, then do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously something worked when you have five players in double figures. So yeah, it's like we were talking about earlier. When Cam Weston is on, he is on. Oh yeah, you know he is. He's got the ball on a string. He's getting to the rim. He's and, so you know, smooth. He's, he's so a smooth. he's a big physical guard. So you know he's going to finish at the rim. He's going to go through you. He's not scared of contact. And like Tyler Millen started in place of Tiafel Leonard Jr. Tyler Millen is another guy that I love to watch play basketball. You know he's not. I don't want to say he's not very skilled. You know he's a Division One college basketball <laughs> player. You know he's here for a reason. But you know he's a he's another high energy guy. You know he's going to go in grab rebounds. Put backs. He's going to stick his nose in there. He is not afraid to get in there. 
And those are the kind of basketball players that I love. Yeah, and we talked about it with uh, FIU. When DeAndre Dishman is only scoring six points, you're not going to win. Well, DeAndre Dishman had 16 last night. They got him going early. He was six for seven from the field. I mean, they got they got his the ball in his hands in crucial situations when we needed a bucket too. So when you can get your leading scorer in a position like that, and when you're shooting the ball somewhat okay last night, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was great, but it was it was better than usual. It, they had six threes on the night, so it spread them out a little bit. Um, but when that happens, DeAndre Dishman can get his own shot, not getting constantly double teamed as soon as he touches the ball. And like I pointed out earlier, you know, in my opinion, if MTSU is not getting, you know, dunks and layups, and you pointed out they play inside out, they're very inside out oriented. When they're not getting dunks and layups, in my opinion, they're not going to win a lot of games. And, you know, they got 48 points in the paint. You know, that's a combination of – and DeAndre Dishman had to go against some big, strong dudes last night. <laughs> yeah, he oh, yeah. always does. He's always undersized in any matchup he is in Conference USA, it seems like. But that's where his skill comes in. You know, they, they run a lot of things where – DeAndre Dishman can attack you from the free throw line. You know, if the other if the other team's big has slow feet, you know, DeAndre Dishman's going to get twenty easily. He's just, I mean, everyone on the team is like full effort, full throttle, go 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 all the time. There's no, they don't take plays off, in my opinion. DeAndre Dishman, Cameron Weston, Tyler Miller, and Justin Porter combined for sixty one of MTSU's eighty four points, and those four guys combined shot twenty five for thirty two. Wow, that's a lot of. That's that's so that's a really good number. <laughs> that makes it hard to lose. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I like a guy like Justin Porter. I like him too. You know, he's another big, strong, physical. I mean, not none. I wouldn't say big. You know, he's a strong, physical guard. He's going to go at you too, and he doesn't get to play a whole lot because you know Cam Weston's in there. But Justin Porter is a solid basketball player. Yeah, and a stat that kind of jumped out to me that I was kind of surprised about: we only had six fast break points last night. That's something that we usually like. We try to get out, get out and run. After we get a defensive turnover, we try to get out and run really easily. And obviously, you said that we have slashers on this team all across the floor, so every, everyone on the team is dunking with ease. And that's usually what we try to do: is get out and run and try to get an easy bucket on the other side with our defense. That's what this team is built around. You know, they've got so, they've got so many long athletes on defense. You know, when Eli Lawrence is getting deflections and you know they throw it out to Tiafoe Leonard Jr. for a dunk, I mean. That's what this team is built around. Top 10 T. <laughs> yeah. And it got overshadowed, and I just want to bring light to it. Tyler Millen scored a career-high 15 points on 7-for-10 shooting. He's another guy like Elias King that has gotten a lot better from last year. You know, and he, like I said, he will stick his nose in there. He's not scared to play basketball. Those are two role players that are really good glue guys for this team, and they, they're not trying to be a superstar by any means, but they're, they're doing exactly what you ask them to do, and those are the kind of players you just love to watch. You need guys like like that on your team, you know. They're they're the kind of players you know you you hate to play against, but you would love to have them on your team. Oh yeah, that's just Tyler Millen and Elias King. All right, thank you guys for joining us on the first episode of On the Sidelines, where we bring you all of your MTSU sports news. I'm your host Calvin White. That's T.J. Warner, Christian Skelton, Jenna Roberts. We'll see you next week for our newest episode. Yeah.